as this broadcast is intended for mature audiences. In the following podcast, there will be thoughts and opinions expressed that in no way reflect your federation, this station, website, or affiliated partners. Who is this? How dare you... Who I am is not important. Listen to discretion is... Klingon best. Space. The final frontier. These are the voyages of Starship Trips. Her ongoing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new content and new stuff. To follow the girl word, no podcast has gone forth. Hello and welcome to episode 239 of Dribbles and Ecstasy. This week, the internet may be broken, I may be broken, but we're still here and still broadcasting and hopefully for the entirety of the show. And joining me this week, we have got in the studio... It's just a jump to the left. I don't know how to respond to that. (laughs) (laughs) Nor do I. I am oh my Stu god, have none of you seen Rocky Horror, ever? Where did I get these people from? Oh good god, seriously. When Midnight is the only person that I can re- reliably depend upon to even remotely respond to that, yeah, Midnight, I just... Uh, uh. Okay, so the rest of my crew's broken as well. Excellent. <laughs> so, so as you heard, well, we have Sunseal, Dog, and Timberwolf in the room. Well, Midnight, you found me in a pub in London. I mean, what do you expect? Very true. I don't know. I thought I thought he said he found you in a in a place in Soho where the champagne tastes like cherry cola. C O L A cola. <laughs> it's not a jibe at my spelling, is it? No, that's a song lyric. The whole point of me, my opening has been song lyrics. <laughs> What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> like I opened with time warp. It's it's just a jump to the left and then a step to the right. <laughs> and now I'm talking about the song Lola. Oh, this is funny. I think we broke Timberwolf. This is funny. <laughs> We're not even five minutes in and she she's already on another rant. <laughs> 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 See, this is this is why I need those devices that I was posting earlier. No, <laughs> it's all the stress relief. 
I'm going to take a break. I'm eating my mic for a second. <laughs> okay. I have I think legitimately we'll just get you a broken for Timberwolf. Yeah, so he's been broken down into Witchet Wolf. Anyway. Stone I guess news. you could say I shivered his timbers. <laughs> now stop that. <laughs> <laughs> Alex says oh in chat, God. you call that a rant. Not really, I don't. That will come later. Yeah, that'll come. I don't <laughs> know yet. Very true. <laughs> can't stop laughing. <laughs> okay. Well, moving on to Star Trek Online news. Okay, we've got the update coming in a few days' time. Tuesday, 25th of October. So, we will have the new space station, K-13, as a fleet holding. So, it's got new enhanced versions of traits that will be purchasable. We've got duty officers and bridge officers. We've got new weapons, as well as all sorts of outfits and items. And we will have a new featured episode called Echoes of Light. And... We've actually had a blog regarding that that has come out. Um, though it doesn't go into a huge amount of detail. Don't forget, we're all supposed to be also supposed to be getting the lighting changes, too. Yes. So that's, that's one of the... Nifty. And the mission is called Echoes of Light as well, so it's it's marking the milestone. I don't know. Do you guys see the the the, the planet in the um in the in the the pre uh the the preview for the episode? Um, I've just seen the image, which has got what looks like it's a gas giant with a moon. It's very, very, like, like shellfish, oyster shell, kind of pearlescent coloring. Hmm. I just, I am a little worried about the lighting changes a little bit, because after testing them on Tribble, like, a lot of them, the missions and the maps, they look better. Um, lighting has been an improvement, but there are some that still need a lot of work. Or the mood of the mission has been changed drastically from what I guess was intended because of what what the lighting changes have been. Um, so I do hope that while they've got a good thing going, I do hope they do s some fixes to it, some modifications. But yeah, what's been on Tribble, of course, will not be the full release version. Yeah. Um, so hopefully they've been able to adjust for the majority of them. But uh, yeah, it'll definitely be interesting to see. Um, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to the updates, and I am actually thinking of, I've got some really low-level characters, a lot of which are sort of like Delta recruits and things like that. I'm thinking of deleting those and recreating them, um, just to go through with the sort of, all the changes from the very beginning, um, because especially as, um, just the amount of time that I just haven't had to play recently. I'm not going to do anything with those Delta recruits properly, so I'm just going to create those characters again and just make them standard recruits, I think. So, um... I'll just make sure and get all your little rewards and things from them first. Oh, yeah, I'll take anything from the accounts first. I'll move them into the account bank, and then what I'll do is I'll just delete the character and recreate it afterwards. So, uh, yeah, I shall do that at some point. Um, but yeah, the new featured episode, it, it looks like it's got something to do with Getways. I noticed that! 
It's like, yeah, are we going to be, are we going to be reintroduced to the idea that Gecklings are actually like semi-organic ships, like they were in the original Borg arc? Because that was a thing that happened. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it will be interesting to see how that works into everything. Um, but uh, but didn't somebody in here like go on a rant about the Gecklings? Would that be my little rant about the Gecklings? Yeah, yeah, you, you, you go ahead and take the mic stand for a moment. Okay, so, I mean, fair enough with a name like Stew Dog. I, I, I'm not literally a form of interspace Captain Sheepdog. I don't want to go into a solar system and be like, Oh, look, Gecklings, they're like little sheep, and they're like so lost. And look, Herogen, let's defend them and fly around them in mad little circles until they go through a little gap in space-time back to fluidic space. Like, I'm sorry, I'm in the middle of a war with the Borg, the Cardassians, and about umpteen other people who are just slightly annoyed at me over something that the Iconians have done to Species 8472, and you want me to go and escort these daft little things back into the realm so the Herosian don't shoot them. Let the Herosian shoot them. Let the Herosian put their bones on their bulkhead, on their wall, next to all their guns and stuff. Let the Herosian eat them. And I'm going to do something slightly more important. So, with all the people who are complaining that there's too much pew-pew, you're complaining because we got a mission that wasn't. I had to shoot the Herosian. Why don't the Gecklies go and, like, smash their heads off the side of the Herosian ship. That'll that'll annoy them a bit. That'll or, make the Herosian go or away. Or attach themselves to the Herosian like they did the Enterprise. You know, and just and start drink sucking the, the power drink the power. Yeah. Like, like why do force I need the Herosian to... to leave their ship and actually, like, try and Klingon stab you on the hull of their ship. Show us that badass huntery that you're supposedly all talking about all the damn time. If you can walk about inside a star in that armor, even though your eyes aren't protected, surely you can walk about outside your ship. Damn, Gecklies. But see, this is see, this is a, this is a, you know, this is where I left all this off in our chat because this is a purely Federation thing. It's like the Klingons don't give a damn about Gecklies. <laughs> you guys are worried about these these little creatures who, for all intents and purposes, have been living for possibly millions of years in space, doing what they do, getting eaten by other things that exist in space that are bigger and more monstrous than they are, and you want to protect them. <laughs> go ahead, Federation. Go, you, you just go right ahead. I'm going to sit right back here and laugh my ass off. Because that shit's funny. <laughs> that is, I mean, that's hilarious. My, my fleet is not called Greenpeace Save the Gecklies Dark Green Chapter. But if it was, <laughs> Peter would be after you. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> but um, we have also had the announcement of the new lockbox, which we knew was coming because we had the release of... The Infinity oh, again. The Infinity. Yeah, I went to go say Legacy, and it's like, no, it's not Legacy. <laughs> no, the Legacy lockbox is the one for the Romulans. So, but yeah, we got um, that, what was it, a week or two ago. Um, mm -hmm. So we knew a, a new lockbox was coming, we just didn't know what it was. Yeah. And so, since some of us don't have access to IQ fleet anymore, we don't know what's coming up. 
So in German and French, there's been a blog that's been released um, that tells us a little bit about it. Um, I think because of the internet issues um, today with a lot of DNS servers being down around the world, um, the English version hasn't yet been posted. Um, Sue, did you want to go through what it is that will be contained in the lockbox? Yeah, sure. The lockbox has a form of repulsive anti-proton weaponry, which it sounds like it's got a, a knockback effect on it, uh, as well as having the sphere builder ships. There's Oh, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. I just have to interrupt here and say repulsive anti-proton weaponry. <laughs> so, everybody liked the chronoton, ooh, rainbows, and now anti-proton. <laughs> yeah, more, more anti-proton <laughs> stuff. Also, in looking through this, one of the ships from the box is actually a tier 5 ship, and the other two are tier 6s. That's what, that's what I can get from, from this anyway, but I'm not sure if maybe the translation from German is a little bit skewy on that one. Well, well, remember, there's there's always been a thing. There's the there's the the tier six main prize for the box, and then the tier five quote unquote booby prize, and then there's a tier six low buy store variant. I thought they'd dropped the tier five prize as of the Nakul lockbox, or maybe I'm just uh, making that. I one don't up. know. I don't think they did. I'd have to check, but I don't think they did. Somebody who is not me is furiously Googling stuff now, but it is not me, so I will be the one to speak for whoever is doing the Googling. Your Google foo is probably stronger than mine anyway, because I don't Google. I was just double-checking that at the moment if the English version's been um, put up, but I can't see it still. So, but yeah, I will have the link to the German version, and... Yeah, if we get a link before it's released, our episode is released, I will also add a link to the English version. Maybe I should so, have uh, uh, maybe I should have got the French version because I I don't know any German, but I know a little bit of French. So Regulus says in chat that these repulsive antiproton weapons sound a lot like the fluidic antiprotons. Because the fluidic antiprotons, guess what? Have knockback. That might be one of the links towards the Geckly, because um, the Geckly are they not from naturally a... from fluidic space. Yes, but whether or not it's from fluidic space, are they actually from fluidic space that the Undine are from, yes. or just another fluidic yep, yep. space? Yeah, according I can't to remember. the according to the original the original Borg story arc, the Geckly existed in fluidic space alongside of the Undine and several other species that existed in fluidic space. Yeah. And there was a bunch of guys who were in there and sort of taking the Geckly away and using them as ships. I, I don't know if those guys were actually from fluidic space. I think they were from our space and they were just sort of treating the Geckly like... Um, well, livestock, essentially. But ships, not food. Uh, well, I uh, see, it's been so long and they've changed the whole damn arc so much. I, you know, you just can't go back and, and replay that to 
you know, figure that stuff out. But the way it came across to me was they existed in fluidic space, like species 8472, but they were humanoid, and they lived on the little coral strands, like the little coral things that existed out there that were their planets. And they used Geckleys as their, essentially, transport between coral systems. It's kind of like the, um, if anybody here has ever played the Elder Scrolls 3 Morrowind, they, they used the Geckly pretty much like the Silt Striders from Morrowind. Just big, huge bugs they used to transport themselves and goods from, you know, one location to another in fluidic space. So what else do we have, Stu? So we've got a stack of weapons available from the Lobi store as well, which are the anti-proton repulsing weaponry. And we've got some pretty cool outfits as well, which I think they look amazing. They're just really elegant looking. They've got a sort of a Victorian vibe about them. Yeah, the weapons have that too, which is really nice because you, you think about some of those those really old kind of elegant design ceremonial type weapons like... Um, these kind of remind me of some really old Victorian-style blunderbusses that were made that, that were essentially just decoration pieces. They weren't meant to be fired ever because they would shatter in your hands if you did. <laughs> like um, decorative dueling pistols. Yeah, kind of like how they, you know, they used to make the ceremonial knives that were never really used for anything except for decoration. And, and like, the ac- the actual sacrificial knives were... <laughs> weren't made out of gold or, or anything. They were regular knives. But, uh, yeah, there's definitely some interesting things that look to be coming out. Um, what we'll probably do is go through them a little bit more next week once we've actually got A, the English version, and B, the opportunity to actually see them in-game. So get my hands on some of them. I gotta, I gotta say, though, the um, little shuttle fighter thing for the, the the sphere builder carrier. Why does it remind me so much of a Ferengi ship without being a Ferengi ship? Or am I the only one seeing that it kind of looks Ferengi? Which ship is this? The the, the third ship in the blog. The third ship. The lock the, this is still the lockbox one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, the lock uh, the sphere builder lockbox. The third the, the third ship picture is a like a little it looks like it would be like the little shuttle uh, fighter for the, the carrier. The thing is, those two ships remind me of the Ori ships from Stargate a little bit. Just a different outer side, I suppose. I don't know. The first ship kind of reminds me of an injectable anal bead, but, you know, that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> you press the back and the bead goes in. That one made me think of... a little of... plunger on it. That first image made me think um, of Babylon Five. Yeah, I can I can see how if you turn the the second one around, you could get kind of that Ori vibe to it. And we we yeah we we had we had the other half of that come out of the Iconian lockbox with the staff and and whatnots. Were these ships actually seen in an episode of Enterprise? Mm, possibly. I'm thinking of an episode where they the only place rescued that or captured someone from the Sphere Builder race. I can't remember if they were in a ship or not, though. 
No, the only I'm... place we could possibly have ever seen this in Enterprise, any of these ships, would be the episode where uh, Daniels takes Archer to the Battle of Procyon 5 on the Enterprise. The only sphere builder, um, well, ship, uh, I say in a loose fashion, um, was the escape pod. That was the only thing that we saw from the sphere builders that wasn't the um, the actual spheres themselves. If you uh-huh. actually have a look at the scru- um, construction of the ships, they they each have a sort of a sphere in them, and that does actually look like the giant spheres that we saw in, in the show. I think that's where they got the ideas from when it comes to the design. But we didn't actually see any of their ships because, of course, um, when I started doing my rewatch of Star Trek in July, um, Enterprise was one of the first ones that I rewatched, um, which I did after the animated series. And I don't recall any of their ships uh, being shown on screen. Uh-huh. Yeah, but see. You're not one of those super nerds that does the frame by frame and go, "What class of ship is this destroyed ship?" Oh well, that's that's the that's you know that's the yellow mustard class. Okay, okay. What's that ship above Deep Space Nine that keeps flying around? That's got the that's that's got its nacelles hung out from the 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 wings of the little Maquis Raider and has the. The intrepid saucer on it. Well, that's a Jaeger class. Okay, cool. You're not one of yeah. those super nerds, so somebody has probably done it, and there may be a ship somewhere the only, for like half a split second. The only ships I recall from that um, part were Zindi ships. Um, I can't. I don't recall any sphere builder ones. Well, see, that's uh, the thing. During the whole Zindi arc, the battle, the the Battle of Procyon Five was. Well, let's be honest. It wasn't against the Zindi. It was against the Sphere Builders. But I don't remember if we ever saw any Sphere Builder ships while the battle was going on outside. I sure as hell remember seeing that experimental alien class from the Delta Quadrant showing up as it zooms past the window, but. Other than that, you know. Okay, the definitive list of ships seen in that episode going past the window there was a Nova class, there was the Dauntless, there was a Vorcha, and there was another type of Federation ship that went past as a Prometheus class. I've been wanting to get a couple of people together and do like a sort of a cannon run of the Battle of Procyon 5 with those classes of ships. Yeah, geek. But, uh, so yeah, it looks like it probably wasn't from that battle. But, yeah, I can see where they've taken the designs from when it comes from the spheres, because that's been the only thing we've had on TV from them. Because a lot of the stuff where we see the sphere builders, they're actually in another dimension, weren't they? Subspace. Which, as we know, because Star Trek, there's, like, thousands of different versions of subspace in any one universe. Well, I think it's different layers, isn't it? Well, yeah, but that's that's kind of the point. In any one given universe, there are like a thousand different subspace layers. And subspace I mean, spore Siskins and... traveled through one. The underspace for, for the uh, Vaudoir was another. Uh, 
like, d- well, yeah, you've got the the Tutarian subspace layer, which you know, sphere builders, Tutarians. This is another layer, the the Alachi subspace layer. At some point, it, you know, at some point, you have to realize these are <laughs> multiple universes within one universe. It's like toast. You've got butter and jam and cheese and toast and stuff. Well, no, 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 no. It's not. It's not even like that. It's. It's kind of like if you had a piece of toast, and inside that piece of toast was all the layers to make a sandwich, just inside the toast, and then you actually had to make a sandwich on top of it. After screwing it up into a ball and like throwing it and spanking it against the wall and rebuilding it again. It's like it's, it's just. It's weird. Space is weird, and the way Star Trek does space is even more weird, especially when they start fiddling with time. Because time is a seventh dimensional problem. Yeah, always end up being taken to move alert. <laughs> Better change that light bulb. See how many Doctor Who fans we've got. <laughs> okay, well, as I said, next week we will go through what has been released um, when we've got the proper English version versions. Now we have also been told about an anniversary ship. That we're getting now. Oh yes, this was fun seeing this come out because, like, <laughs> oh boy, what was your first? Okay, everybody, what was your first thought upon seeing the choices for this choose your ship thing? Someone's been looking at um, UFO drawings from people. <laughs> Stu, what they they look like? Just random bits and pieces of. Cobbled old science fiction. Yeah, that, that that was pretty much a few other people's reactions too, Timber. No, yeah, this <laughs> this this whole voting process is a choose a UFO what we designed. I mean, seriously, the the uh, Alpha and Beta were the were the pinnacle of every triangle UFO in the United States ever sighting. Looking ships. The the next two you've got you know Charlie and Delta and they're 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 the they're the kind of more stereotyped round and oblong shaped cigar shaped UFOs like okay and then See, the ra- come- the round one reminds me of the the alien robot from um the day the earth stood still like it yeah, looks like I his head his face the round one in a way reminded me of the silence yeah, part of their like. head. The round one reminded me of the the scout ships from the original Independence Day. Mm. You know, the big round ships that nobody could could, could shoot and and kill with. Yeah, it's just because they had the big huge shield around them. Yeah, they kind of reminds me of the Independence Day ships. Damn, they got shields too. <laughs> <laughs> And then we come to... we come I to, ain't heard the fat lady. Forget the fat lady. You're obsessed with the fat lady. <laughs> and we've lost midnight to movies. <laughs> so Echo and Foxtrot... Movie Night Shadow. E- Echo and Foxtrot come along, and guess what we have? A death glider from Stargate. And if you look at the, the profile view, it reminds me of Max those of you who don't remember who Max is, the ship from Flight of the Navigator. Compliance. Well, the, the other view reminds me of Predator. 
it's like a squashed head from a predator. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't eat predator past past the original predator. So, eh. but Delta Classic. made me think of Stargate. Um, the Ori ships. It almost looks like the front of one of those. Is that the sort of rectangular one? Yeah, that's the, the cigar-looking one. Yeah, because I, I was looking at that and I was thinking the jellyfish from Star Trek 09. Yeah. Well, my my first thought was um, of Stargate for that one. Yeah, but see, here's I have a problem with these ships. So we're helping the Lakari to decide on a ship design, right? Well, the community are doing it, but whether or not we would be the ones that say, here is your ship design. I think part of the story would be, this is what their designers come up with. Um, I'm not sure it's the Federation and that all suggest this is your <laughs> new design. But I think it's just a way to, for the community to be involved in what the ship would look like. I honestly have to ask the question, why are we helping a race make a more advanced starship than what we have? Like I say, um, we've went to the Wright brothers and we've handed them a kit to build a Harrier jump jet and we've just been like, yeah, have fun with this. Try not to blow yourselves up. Well, this, I mean, okay, I can, I can, I can get behind the fact that we're help. We would be helping them build a ship. I do not understand how we're helping them build a ship that has no obvious means of propulsion. I mean, well, even even the Breen have l what look like engines on the back of their ship, and these ships don't have an obvious means of propulsion except that one little awkward side off on that cigar-shaped one. There's not enough detail in these so far. So far, we've just got sort of black and white shapes to work and, with. And there were starships that we did see that were like that as well. Not everything had its own sort of nacelles and things like that. You I mainly understand. saw that when it came to the Alpha Quadrant, but when you get, look at ships that you saw in... For example, the Delta Quadrant, some of them, it wasn't always a very obvious sort of these are the warp nacelles sort of thing. Yeah, but see, this isn't the Delta Quadrant. No, This but... isn't even the Alpha Quadrant. This is the Beta Quadrant. All I'm saying is <laughs> it's supposed to be an alien race. They're looking to do something different with the ship designs. So they don't have to be constrained with having two or three in a cell sort of thing. My question, my, my question turns into after, after having the, why did you, my first question is, why did you go with the UFO aesthetic? And once they answer that, no matter what the answer is, the follow-up question is, do you now plan to use these ships in a time travel? Let's let the Lucari study earth type of thing because if that's what you're going for then team alpha all the fucking way because triangle ships that like everybody in the u.s is is, is seeing from crazy joe to to postman pat is is looking up in the sky and seeing these triangle ass ufos and well there you go <laughs> the lucari have been studying earth for like all of its history without us knowing and it's only till now that we realize hey the lucari are the ufos that have been visiting earth the whole damn time 
oh no, we've just created a paradox. Here, here's like a ship that looks when like something Federation we used to visit Earth. When did not create a paradox? <laughs> don't get me started on Captain Braxton. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they do something like that. I had had a similar thought myself. So uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where they take it. But as I said, it's not unheard of when it comes to some of the ship designs um, that we've seen where it has no obvious sort of warp nacelles. Because even if you have a look at um, even the Tholians, really, they don't have any sort of obvious sort of warp nacelles. You'd also got, um, oh, brain's gone, um, the dinosaurs, um, Voth. Their ships didn't have anything sort of obvious that they were not warp nacelles as we sort of class them from what we know of like Romulans and sort of Federation Klingon. So not everything has to have those. Yeah, the the sort of concept that the warp nacelles work in pairs, but you can have two rows of warp coils inside one unit on the back of a bird of prey sort of idea. But um but yeah, it'll be interesting to see where this goes. So we've had all three days that have gone, because whereas last time voting was open for a week at a time, if I recall, um, the voting for each ship was done um, basically um, 24 hours. So um, we've got, what was it, Alpha, Charlie and Echo, I think, were the winners. So that's the triangle. That's the um, round one. And we've got the one that looks like... Um, who was it in chat? I think it might have been uh, Regulus, um, said Flying Batleth. Well, it's, it's, it's the, uh, the Death Glider. The Death Glider from Stargate. Yeah. No, uh, it was just another way to... Describe it. I just remembered somebody or, in. Or if you're, or if you're dragon and like a thousand other like, uh, what was it? Was it insurrection fans? It's a sonar ship. Like yeah. no, I, I never. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people saw the sonar, but I couldn't. No, I I saw more as like yeah, Stargate Death Glider than I did that. Well, that was so. the one that I, mean, I had I, in my own head. I see more Cylon Death Raider in that thing than I do than I do a Sona ship. I was thinking, uh, Sona Battleship versus Metal Underpants. Who will win? You decide. Epic! <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah. It'll be interesting to see what the timescales will be with this, because, yeah, unlike the previous one, um, yeah, the choice of the designs was rushed, so we're down from six to three ships. So, um, yeah, maybe next week we'll have another round of voting um, for the next stage. So, um, yeah, I guess we shall hopefully find out next week. Okay, um, we had the maintenance was actually Tuesday this week because they're planning to take down Ark um, for I think it was was it four or six hours something like that 
Oh yeah, it was a complete arc server-wide was, maintenance. Yeah, so it was several hours. Um, it's kind of funny. They go down for server-wide maintenance on, on Tuesday for all of arc. The only thing, the only thing that is working come all these these dyn attacks today has been the arc servers. Has <laughs> like been just, just Star Trek Online and all the gaming servers have been up. Everything else, the websites, the forums, everything's been broken. Ladies and gentlemen, you now have to go outside and interact with each other in the real world. <laughs> it's like, nah, I'll just go back to bed, thanks. Uh, but, um, yeah, they said that um, they had resolved an issue for Jemadar attack ships that would launch from Jemadar Dreadnought carriers, and known issues that the TOS Gorn outfit does not unlock once completing the episode Battle of Caleb 4, and the fleet... Tier 5 upgrade Aquarius cannot equip the enhanced inertial dampener field. So, they had to execute the the gamma firsts to get replacements in because they were refusing to follow orders. Gotcha. <laughs> Alex says, it's the end of the world as we know it. Another Independence Day quote. It's the end of the world as we know it. <laughs> See, I, this is... This is See, we need to be like in game again, but in space during one of these streams sometime <laughs> when when midnight has a when midnight has a working computer and stuff, so that he can set off the his little Veterans Day reward in space and go. Didn't I promise you fireworks? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing with these golf balls? You trying to kill me? No, I'm trying to clean up the oil spill. <laughs> That's a Tropico reference for those people who actually play a, a Caribbean dictator simulator. I see nobody else is laughing, so I'll move on. Sorry, just uh, noticing that, um, yeah, streams keep having issues with drop frames. Oh yeah, no, they're they're probably attacking the everything again. Yeah. Well, we shall continue. As far as I'm aware, this is not anonymous. They have a thing planned for November the 5th, not the 21st. But, uh, uh, November 5th, maybe they'll try blowing up Parliament. Well, that's, that's, that's kind of the plan, yeah. Okay. Well, that is it for Star Trek Online PC. Um, There's some console news. Yeah, we've got the Tholian Red Alert. Yes, but before we get to that, can I can I can I take a moment to um to address all the gaming news outlets? Yeah, yep. get you you guys with the gaming news outlets. Yeah, come have a seat. No, 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 come have a seat. Come have a seat. I'm sorry, I have to get Chris Hansen on you, so come have a seat. Thank you. So, um, did you realize when you ran with the Dreadnought story that Dreadnoughts have been available for a year? The Dreadnoughts have been available in Star Trek Online for the PC for a year now. Over a year. Because the the introduction for them, with all of their stats, was posted on October the 5th of last year. Which meant they probably came out the following Thursday. So, why is just about every gaming news organization going, The brand new Dreadnoughts for Star Trek Online... No, 
even the announcement on ARC says, The new Dreadnoughts for console. Quit it. Research. Get your facts straight. Now you may go. <laughs> well, it's new for them. Yeah, I think people are just getting confused. That's the only thing that I can think. It's just like, pay attention. <laughs> it's like, just, everybody's in this thing. And I, this, this just shows the sorry ass state of journalism when people copy and paste like the same content from one website and not even the main website but just some other article that's posting on it and then post it as their you know paste it on their own website as their own thing and maybe change a little bit of stuff here and there and say "Ooh, this is the story when the story isn't even really the story because one, you're just copying news, and two, you didn't even read it from the official source. So yeah, that one, that one place that you're copy pastaing from may have gotten the one of the biggest and most important caveats about the whole thing incorrect. You know what that makes you? Also incorrect. And you know what that makes me? Very angry. That's scary. Oh, you don't want to see me when I'm angry. But no, carry on. Well, if you want to go through what people can get for that mission, for anyone who's from the consoles, and what level they can do, I'm just still looking into network issues at the moment. I'm trying to bring up the post for the Tholian things. It's taking forever. They're attacking the world again, damn it! Tholian Red Alert will be available for a limited time to all players level 50 and up. Now, limited time, I'm guessing it's not going to be always there like it is for PC then? Or or maybe this is a sign of things to come, like will they be taken away from the PC? I Honestly, I don't know. I just kind of has to, I have to ask the question, why are they putting out a roleplay blog for a Tholian Red Alert? Because I don't think we ever had one for the Tholian Red Alert. And specifically when console users kind of don't visit the ARC website, or at least the ARC website like we normally do. I mean, this was the whole argument of you're moving to console. How about putting those RP blogs into the game for both PC and console? Because, I mean... Half the people who play the PC version don't even read the, the RP blocks. Why not put them in-game so people have access to them so they can, you know, read them while they're doffing or whatever? I mean, it would be a pretty cool thing to add in as, you know, like a, a captain's log, ship's log, and it would pull up these things that you could have a read of in the way that you can record your own captain's logs in-game and view your previous mission information the federation news network you can base it would basically be like hailing the bbc or hailing cnn getting a a news update blog i don't know i just i just think it's yeah i mean the way the way it describes the only red alert it reminds me of the old crystalline entity you head up to the whatever sector that was that the entity was actually in near memory alpha and you go to the crystalline entity and then queued for that mission. Ah, yes, the old crystalline entity, which mm-hmm, the one that I've, took an hour to do, unless I've never actually screwed up. <laughs> yeah, it did sound did a that, bit. Uh, I did that once before they took it away, like for months, and remade it. I did that once, and here I was being chased by all these little crystal 
things and somebody's going, Why the hell are you running around? What? Shoot the shoot the thing! And it's like, I am shooting the crystalline entity. I'm just trying to outrun these little bastards that can instantly kill me too. But you're not supposed to do that! You need to be doing everything on the... Yeah, see, but you're missing you're missing the point. See, these things kill me, and guess what they do? Go back to the entity. Uh, yeah, no. I'm going to um, ignore you for one, screaming at me, and two, not knowing what the hell you're talking about. So that's... yeah, that's that's how that went. <laughs> that was my first and only time doing that mission. It's like, yeah, my first person being ignored in Star Trek Online was some min max or asshole screaming at me about i need to do everything and not worry about getting hit it's like uh yeah no you you go and play that shit on elite like you want to do son I'm, it's breaking I'm... my ship and it's healing the entity uh no <laughs> i'll run thanks yeah oh yeah i like not being defeated thank you very much so, so yeah, that was that experience, but it kind of reminds me of the whole queuing process, not that actual event. So, so there's a in in the console version, there's a Tholian ship sitting somewhere in in the beta quadrant, and and just you go up to the ship and you queue for the the event. Well, I think in the PC version that ship's there as well, but you get red alert flashing up on the screen, and you need to warp to it. Right. Active. Right. This is this is a mainstay event for right now, which is why it's only temporary. So that that ship will always be out there in space. It doesn't disappear and then show back up later as a as a Borg red alert for that sector, or for some other sector. Yeah, so it's it is basically just like a a sort of constant, persistent kind of queue thing that's always going to be there mm-hmm. for well until it runs out. Anyway, it does specify that it's a limited time doesn't say how limited that time is but i don't know up until a couple of weeks it doesn't say anything about there being any kind of uh, a daily collection reward or anything from it like of the course not that we've never we've never had like an event event out of the the tholian red alert Tholian red alert's just always been a red alert. So there's there's never been a prize that has needed to be given away for the, the, the Tholian red alert. This is just something they're doing solely for the console version. I wonder if they'd flesh out more, like, uh, sort of explain why the Borg are there. Oh no, wait, it's the wait, Borg, wait. but they've been destroyed by a Tholian fleet. Let's destroy the Tholians. Uh, you do realize that expl- explanation exists in the PC version, right? Really? Yeah. The, the whole point is it's a Borg red alert and you're warping in to fight the Borg and guess who show up? The Tholians, who instantly pop all Borg ships and now are gunning for you, so now you have to defeat the Tholians. That, that's the whole point of the, the Tholian red alert. It's, it's, the, it's the, the Borg are, the, are invading... The Tholians are pissed because the the Borg are in their territory, but we're fighting the Borg across several different invasion fronts. So when we warp in and see the Tholians just exploding cubes with a single shot, we're like, oh, damn, son. And uh, suddenly they start turning and firing at us, and we're like, oh, shit, uh, fire, fire everything. Change yeah, we... tactics, shoot them. We've just 
hopped into the Tholian's backyard to get our ball back and um Well it's not yeah, even there. it's not even supposed to be it's not even supposed to be their backyard. Because it's the Azure Nebula. I thought they had bases and stuff there though. Well, yeah, but it's not supposed to be their space. It's not supposed to be their space, but they've got spaces. They've got bases there from other timelines. Oh yeah, total mind melt. It's Klingon space. See, like their space is their space is actually further south than what we have as playable space. The encroachment of their claim territory is the the planet with all of their with all of the ground cues for the Tholian stuff. Yeah, they've taken down and spoiler alert, they've taken down a mirror universe Odyssey on the planet Nukara and they're sort of dissecting it and chopping it to bits and hauling TR one one six rifles and stuff out of it there. Just I was like Ugh. I mean, you know, this is a species that exists across multiple different timelines, and all with the same goal. It may not seem like they have the same goal, but they kind of do have the same goal. They are all completely and totally after temporally displaced tech, always. And what None. what you know, and what passes for diplomacy is them placating the other races of whatever timeline they're in. And they they have this sort of like time and dimensions have no meaning thing to them so why are they kind of pleasant in the 27th century when we go to the the meeting that gets uh gate crashed by the krenum and the nakul there's a, a tholian guy just like i think he's hanging about with the romulan uh, ambassador if you if you remember anything from ds9 remember how captain cisco talks about tholian ambassadors Tholian diplomacy has existed in that almost exact form since, like, all through all through the next generation. There has been a placating of the other races and other powers in 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 this part of the galaxy because they are, they, you know, for some strange reason, I'm going to go with what Midnight said many many episodes ago. They're they're kind of placating all the other races because. The past versions of themselves are adhering to the temporal accords from then. See, the Tholians are seven-dimensional creatures too. Plus, we know there's some sort of trade agreement with the Tholians and other species because you've got Tholian silk that gets sold or yep. traded. Yeah, the ambassador got a scarf for Cassidy Yates mm -hmm. uh, as a... A present for Cisco. So yeah, we 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 have this history of the Tholians being this interdimensional existing species that all has this collective kind of non-Borg yet still a hive mind thought process of grab whatever is temporally displaced and take it away from all the other powers. That's why when <laughs> that's why when you get the Muir Universe ships, they're husks without like all the advanced tech that was supposed to come with them. Or when you get the Wells ship, it's been stripped out by the Tholian, so all you have is the Wells ship and maybe a couple of weapons here or there. You don't have all the badass time travel tech. Because they've looted it out and taken it back to the assembly. Right. All, all that you have is, is basic present manipulation of time. Like the Mannheim device and... 
the the what is it the the, the omega effect particle thing? Oh, the Tipler cylinder. That's it. But I mean, yeah, you know, you've got those little things, but those things take place in the present. You're not spanning thousands upon thousands of years in time travel. All that stuff's been just gutted by the Tholians. And this is <laughs> this has happened in the mirror universe too, because the mirror universe Tholians had the what was it, the Defiant from the um, the displaced Defiant? Uh, yeah, the Constitution the, class. From, yeah, the... yeah, from the the, the original Toss episode. Th they had that in the Mirror Universe. And they're trying to gut it to keep all of that tech out of the hands of the the Mirror Universe superpowers. But <laughs> all that goes tits up. Then along came Archer. Well, that's, that's why I said everything went tits up. Only mammal species have tits. Ah... <laughs> that one went straight over my head. <laughs> no, but yeah, no, it's 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 weird. But every time we see the Tholians, like see the Tholians having an interaction, it's always a they are after some kind of temporal tech that none of the other other powers in any timeline or any universe should have their hands on. Tholian time cops. Right, essentially. And they will, like, go so far as to, I hate saying this, but being as brutal as the U.S. police force in carrying out that, you ain't supposed to have this, because they will straight up kill some innocent people for getting that tech. Doctor, we're coming for you. We're coming to get your mobile emitter. That damn 29th century plot hole that you've got. Yeah, but see, that's the... See, that's the weird thing. It's always the manipulate. It's the manipulative tech. It's the manipulative tech. The, the tech that that comes from the future that is either weaponry or can be used to travel back and forth through time to manipulate events. The mobile emitter. It's a glorified hollow projector. Plus, it was acquired in the Delta Quadrant, so the Tholians kind of have no say. Yeah, but it got back to the Alpha Quadrant, and uh, didn't you see what that thing did to the Borg? Yes. Yes, I did, but that one Borg died. I wonder what they did with the bits of him. Well, he, he, although he died, he, he that was done by him sacrificing himself, wasn't it? Yeah, he, he, he sacrificed himself because he realized the Borg don't need me. The Borg don't need what I have, because if they do, they'll kill everything. First, first Borg in existence to have like a self-conscious reaction. It's not a. It's not a. I was assimilated and then liberated. It was a. I created myself, gained consciousness, and realized my own species was horrible and they shouldn't exist. And I shouldn't exist because I would do nothing but further that goal of the rest of the universe not existing. And that's a bad thing. Yes, if the Borg consume this, then they will become <laughs> stupidly powerful. And that's not going to be a good thing because the people who I have made friends with will be assimilated. So I'm going to sacrifice myself so that don't happen. In a way, that Borg was actually his own Tholian. I think he said that at one point, um, I'm an accident and I shouldn't exist. Accidents happen. That's pretty much, much what uh, Janeway said to him, yeah. Accidents happen, like that Sterling guy getting a hold of 29th century uh, tech and exploding... The 29th century trying to go there, and uh, and then what's-his-face coming back and pursuing Janeway like like a, a dog in heat. 
because uh, he was pissed that the that the century was gone, and he was more pissed, although he never said it to Janeway, that it was his ship used to do it, and the only reason he was after Janeway is because he found a piece of her hull. You idiot! You don't go and try to kill Janeway because <laughs> C leads to A, leads to B, leads to C. You started the whole thing in the first place, you asshole! <laughs> Good news, everybody! We've invented a time machine! But don't use it, because you'll mess up the past and affect the future. Oh, you mean that oh, time yeah, they made a totally time machine out of popcorn in a microwave? Like, like, stovetop made popcorn in a microwave? And Fry became his own grandfather? <laughs> Homer Simpson went back in time on multiple occasions and did something similar. He created a world where donuts didn't exist. The horror! Donut. Or that time Family Guy, like, changed timelines and <laughs> Brian and Stewie exist in, in, in a universe where Christianity never existed. <laughs> yes, and technology was all more advanced because <laughs> the books hadn't been burned. Oh, God. But we're getting off on a tangent. On the subject of time and timelines, Star Trek timelines. Nice recovery! <laughs> Hoorah! New premium cruise. Is there anything about premium slots? <laughs> Not likely. Then I don't care. Now, I don't really know, because I still don't play the game, and as I was supposed to go and get a phone today, but didn't, I, I still don't play the game. Now, you've got a super rare Blood Oath Jadzia Dax... You've got a super rare Lily Sloan, um, that's First Contact. You've got Sub-Commander Tyrol, um from DS9, again super rare. You've got a super rare Drone, 7 of 9. And you've got Tash, um, that's another super rare, that's from Voyager as well. So um, they're now coming out. They did earlier on today an Ask Me Anything with D.B. Becker, their community manager. Um, there is, there'll be a link in our show notes um, if you want to read that. Last time I checked, there was over 170 posts to that thread, um, but I haven't had time to read it. Has that um, AMA already taken place? Uh, yeah, that would have been 5 to 6 o'clock um, this evening at UK time. Okay, cool. I, I wasn't sure if it was still uh, to be looked forward to or if it was in the past. Like I said, you can introduce all the crew you want. Unless you give people a way to slot more than than you know what you're capping people at. <laughs> nope. Well, that's why I've stopped buying the even the daily thing for the month. Do, do, you, do you hear that, Timelines? One of your biggest whales is like, I'm not buying stuff no more. Get I, your shit together! I don't think I was ever one of the biggest. <laughs> I'm sure there's people who have thrown some real money at it. But, uh, yeah. What are you talking about? You threw real money at it? That's the whole point. Yeah, but I wouldn't say that as one of the biggest whales. I I did the monthly thing, and on the odd occasion bought. I was kidding, man. I was kidding. I apologize. It would have been nice to have the money to do so. 
It would it would kind of be nice to have that money back, though, wouldn't it? You could get some stuff fixed up. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's 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 a matter of not enjoying the game anymore, isn't it? Midnight. As you look at it and you go, I have to do math. I'm not doing math for this. Oh, math, I don't mind, but yeah, just. The thing is, I think what probably has annoyed me most was when I'd worked hard over like three week period um, to actually get in um, the battles, um, the arenas, to actually get my ship so I could actually get the um, Romulan schematics. So I'd got mm -hmm. myself to the right tier, high in it, and then all of a sudden I'm out of it. They came back saying, oh, there's a thing that if you haven't played it in a week, you get removed from it. As we didn't make that clear to you, here, have 50 free um, arena tokens, which only got me to, like, the first ranking for any reward for it, um, for one. Two, I'm still doing it. And three, if that's the case, then why hadn't I been removed from not just the captain um, division, but the commander and admiral, because I haven't played those ages. It's been a, several weeks to longer. Uh, it's I don't just know, been... that sounds like a good question to put in their AMA. Uh, well, I was, because of all the problems with um, the DNS, DDoS attacks um, today, I didn't get a chance to. So, um, yeah, I never did get to do that, and I need to reopen the ticket to raise that question, but work has been so busy, I have not had the time. So, um, you hear so, that, yeah. guys? On top of hosting this show, Midnight has been putting out fires all over the world. <laughs> yeah. Captain Midnight is a hero. But, um, but yeah. Okay. Moving on. We're, we're not going to cover your thoughts behind the Star Trek news? Or or, or did, did I go off on a sufficient rant last week about it? Because you said you had some new insight about that. Um, well, I actually read up on what um, Trek Against Trump actually was. But apart from having my own views, these, I listened to the Engage podcast. Honestly, I couldn't even play that episode. I don't know why. It, it was the only episode on the the Engage website, like that website that you linked, that wouldn't work. It was the only one that would not work. Hmm. But yeah, um, he interviews Armin Shimmerman, um, who sort of started it all, and they talk about what's behind it and things like that. And the thing is, I think it's good. They're not saying you should vote for one. They're saying you just shouldn't vote for one. Because <laughs> um, in the interview, he says, look, no politician and no person is ever perfect. And you look at the candidates you've got, and it's so true. There are things wrong with both of them, except one of them definitely doesn't hold any of the ideals of Star Trek. Now, especially when I look at it from 
sort of a Brexit point of view. So many people th- thought it will never happen, and so many p- politicians and um, business people twisted things where they just talked so much shit. It was unbelievable. They turned it into immigration against race, um, into things about the NHS saying, ah, there'll be £350 million a week available if we vote to do it. And it was just, no one properly spoke up about the true facts about it. And there weren't many people who were in the public eye that actually did something like that. Whereas when you've got something like Star Trek and you've got someone who's running for office who is so against the values of Star Trek and for us, your Trump would be comparable to Nigel Farage, who for some weird reason, went over to America to help with Trump's thing anyway. But, yeah, it was just, yeah, the whole thing. I I finally got my mic working for this, so I'm going to have to speak up on this one. So here's the thing. Go, go, go! Here's the thing, and I stated this in our chat. No politician really stands for what Trek stands for. I'm sorry. They all lie and compromise behind the scenes their own values just to get power or profit. So not one politician out there really has the values in mind for the common man. They're out for themselves. All politicians are liars. So I really don't think either one of the current U.S. political politicians are good for us. It's just the the particular two options that the American people are screwed with right now. You pick one or the other, and we're both screwed either way. Doesn't matter which one. So when it comes to one being more for Trek values or not, it's what they say. But 99.100% of the time, politicians will say anything to get in the office. Yeah, I'm pro-Trek, and I believe in a – yeah, I believe in this and that. And when they get in office, their views change because, hey, they got the power – they got what they wanted out of us. They could care less about anything else. So, quite honestly, I don't think the Star Trek way of life or views or anything like that is ever going to come from a politician. It's going to come from society as a whole. Because all politicians are going to do is just twist it to get more power. And that's not Star Trek in any way anyway. That's, oh, yeah. th- that's, been, my whole, that's been my whole thing with this. This whole Trek against Trump, that's not Star Trek at all. Because now you're using a fan base to push a political belief. You might be saying, well, it's just that you shouldn't vote for one. Well, obviously, if I don't vote for one, I'm obviously voting for the other one or I'm not voting at all. So you are, in a way, pushing what you've done in a celebrity form, in an entertainment form. You're using it to push a political allegiance, whether that's what your original intent was or not. That's beside the point. What's <laughs> happening is you're pushing. Well, you shouldn't vote for him, so naturally you should just vote for her. That's pushing you know a political agenda. It's it's funny you mention that because it's like, yeah, let's let's put aside the fact that that Hillary Clinton claims like Russia is hacking and trying to do da 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 with the elections. This is actual Star Trek interfering with our election. Yeah. That's what, exactly what this is. What, it doesn't matter if they're saying don't vote for the guy or not. This is Star Trek going, 
we're interfering in your elections. We're trying to change your mindset. Yeah, and that's that's been my whole problem with that. As much as whole problem, as much as a good intention as it may be from Armin and the people who are signed behind that letter and behind that campaign, it is not Trek. Yeah, that it's whole never... campaign is nothing based on the ideas of Trek. Yeah, and that's been my whole point. It's been more of well the. Star Trek fans is a huge base that we could get to vote, so let's see what we can do to get on their good side to vote. And that's all it is, is they're using their star power to get people to vote the way they are going to vote. And that happens with every election. With well, I know, I'm just saying, I don't agree with the movement because they're saying, well, you know, Trek against Trump, Trump is bad. Well, so is Hillary. Both options are screwy. So why should I be voting for the one you like just because... Either you're getting something out of the deal or you just don't like one candidate over another. Don't use something that I have for enjoyment to push your political beliefs. Don't do it. I That's mean, why I don't look, agree with it in the whole in the whole premise. I said this, I, you know, I said this last week. We in in the Federation, in the future utopia that is the United Federation of Planets, we have a democracy system. You don't see the whole of Starfleet rising up and go, don't vote for this candidate. You don't. And that's what's happening here. All of the Trek fandom stars are rising up and going, don't vote for one of these candidates. Um, you would just never like you... see that out of the Federation. <laughs> just like anyone you talk to about politics who's your friend they will say what they think and that's all they're doing yeah but they do have pull and it's shown through media that people are siding with George Decay and Ar- Armin Shimmerman and all these guys that are backing it they actually are having a pull with the people they're trying to get the pull from and that's they're what actually- the entire campaign is about Star yeah. Trek um personalities and crews who don't agree with it it's not and they even say that in their literature as well that it is nothing to do with cbs or anything else like this it's the people who are behind star trek that disagree with trump then but don't still say trek, trek because yeah. you're infringing on cbs's property when you do that shit yeah, just don't use Trek. Just say, hey, we're a group of celebrities who, yeah, we happen to be in Star Trek, but we're not going to use that. We're just celebrities who don't like Trump. Don't imply Star Trek is against Trump because that's kind of what's happening with that. That's how I've read it. That's how a lot of people have read it. Is, Only oh, if you just take the title and nothing else that's that, actually but, put out there. But look at how many people actually do research on topics nowadays. They simply go with the byline, and that's it. And, and that's that, why Trump's got as far as he has in the first place. Well, and there's the other problem. But that's what I'm saying. When it comes to Trump voters, when it comes to Hillary voters, when it comes to any of them, people just read the bylines. They know that people just want information fast and quick. They're not willing to just sit there. Most people are not willing to just sit there and do the research. So they and know with a catchy, you know, little catchy tagline, oh, well, I'm with them because look at that tagline. And it's happened for both sides, and that's what this tagline does. Most people aren't going to do the research behind it. They're just going to say, oh, well, Trek actors against Trump. I guess I'm voting for Hillary. They're banking on that. That's my problem with it. It's, it, it, it's, one of, it's another one of those we're a fact-check organization fallacies. And, and, and I don't mean that, that, that fact-check organizations are bad. 
but it's that people who use them, again, go by the byline. When they go to fact-check something on a fact-check website, they don't read the whole article to find out all the minutia. They go, false, mostly false, true. And I think they're actually using that to their, to their exploit. Yeah, they might not have that intent, but most people aren't going to do the research behind it, so the byline is doing the work for them. So they can say whatever they want in the fine print, but how many people are going to take the time to read the fine print? They're simply going to read Trek against Trump. Okay, well, they're against Trump. I should vote for the other person. They're not going to do the time it takes to read into it and say, oh, okay, they really mean this. And that's just how most of society has gotten with all of our advanced tech and you know instant gratification, instant knowledge, all that. They just look at what they can barely glance upon in the bold print. They miss the fine print, and then after you know six months, a year, like, well, where did this extra charge come from? Oh, it was in the fine print. You didn't read that? No, I didn't read that. I didn't think it was important. And that's why we have Trump. That's why we have Hillary. That's why we have all the problems that we're having right now in that's politics. That's why you're signed Nobody. up. To, that's why you're signed up to Apple right now to be a yeah. human experiment. But nobody reads the fine print, so they just look at the byline. They go with just what the byline says, and that's what makes people look bad in the long run. Is either the person that didn't read the fine print looks bad because now they're stuck in something that they didn't realize was going on, or it makes a corporation look bad because people just don't don't read the fine print, so they just see the evil title and don't read into oh it's not as bad as it says. And that is a problem of society in a, in a general sense. But because of that title, people have taken it to mean one way, and you see it on social media. You see it a lot with people that are just going by the – they're just – they're not even reading it. They're just repeating the hashtag and repeating the hashtag. Going, it's what they yeah, call slacktivism, essentially. Yeah. You just retweet the thing. Retweet the thing because it's the thing that matters, not yeah, the minutia of it. And that's been the problem. If they mean something a little different than what the, the hashtag is, they need to also put that in fine print. They need to themselves advertise that everywhere. Put it on their Twitter page because they are putting Trek against Trump everywhere they can. But not often are they talking about the fine print and minutia that goes with it. And because they're not doing that, people, most people are not going to look into that. Most people are not going to do the research. They're just simply going to go with the byline. Well, with everything that happened in the UK, I wish more celebrities would have talked out against people who were promoting hate and discrimination like with the likes of Trump. Oh, yeah, no, I, I, I look, I have zero beef with people talking about the hate and the vitriol that goes on between... The, de the deciding factors, but the problem is the major difference between what happened with Brexit in England and what's going on here in the United States is there wasn't any argument in England about what the Brexit was to begin with. There wasn't a discussion about oh, what yeah. it was in the first place. Yes, it was, and that was one of the whole things which um, has been even causing problems still today because – it should have been about whether or not we are in Europe and about that, but instead it turned into immigration. It turned into the NHS and all sorts of other crap. That's, and that's what I'm saying. Rather yeah. than the facts. It, it and turned away from what it was supposed to be into this other thing. But at the same time, what's happening here in the U.S. has 
always happened in the U.S. presidential race. A bait about coded racial relations in, in the form of these these dog whistle code words that Republicans have been using for years. Mm-hmm. You know, there's this thing called the Southern Strategy, pioneered by the Republicans, that is coded racial language for white people to go, don't you like the way things were once they were under your foot? We can go back to that. But it's all coded. It's all, you know, these thugs or these terrorists. It's, it's all code words. And that's stuff that's happened for for decades here in the United States. Nothing has changed except that the mouth that's spewing all that stuff is spewing it blatantly. And everybody in this country who is already like that is loving and cheerleading the fact that they don't have to hide that shit anymore. Pretty much. Well, as I said, I wish that people had done it for here in the UK. Um but yeah, so much for not going into politics. Um, Fifteen <laughs> Y'all minutes later, it. Look, look, Y'all started when, it. Y'all aggroed me. When start when Star Trek decides to step into politics, so do we have to follow because Star Trek stepped into politics. That's the problem. Star Trek stepped into politics. The actors can have their opinions and they can state their opinions, but once they come together and say Star Trek is forming a political opinion, so too must we follow. As I said, they didn't say Star Trek was. They said they want someone who don't want someone who is so against Star Trek values. Then it should not be on all of their promotional shit. Trek should not be on their shit well, in any way, shape, or fashion. Well, Trek on its own is a completely different word than Star Trek because Trek yes, on its own con- is to do with the walking. Con- <laughs> the connotation because of, because of the actors. See, there's this thing between there's this thing between technical truth and perceived truth. See, technically speaking, they can get away with doing this and say that they're not infringing on CBS because they only use Trek. But because it's all Star Trek actors, there's a perceived truth that it's Star Trek stepping into politics. And the perceived truth is the problem because the perceived truth is what the masses will follow and not the technical truth. Because to break perceived tre- the perceived truth, all they'd have to do is have a couple of actors from other sci-fis or action movies or whatnot that have no relation to Trek whatsoever. Then it's kind of like, oh, well, maybe they don't mean Star Trek because that guy was never in it, but he was in Last Action Hero kind of deal. But there is a perceived truth. That's why I said a lot of Star Trek fans have jumped on that wagon because the perceived truth is that it's Star Trek against Trump. It might be Trek against Trump in name, but people have perceived it as, well, George Takei is in Star Trek, and he's saying Trek against Trump, so obviously it means Star Trek against Trump. And it's that fine print that I was talking about. They're not reading the fine print. They're going on what's being perceived and what's being thrown out there in the byline. Anyway, we're just repeating ourselves. So at the end of the day, people will take it whichever way they do, and they will vote the same way. Anyway. Oh, um, I ordered my copy of Star Trek Beyond yesterday. You? Which one did you go for? Oh, just the standard DVD in a box. I think it came to a total of £11 from Amazon. Okay, yeah, I pre-ordered the one where you get the little model Franklin. 
Ah, cool. Um, yeah, I just hadn't had the the cash to splash around for any kind of fancy pre-orders with the models, so I just I actually just went for the basic version. It wasn't that bad, at least here. I was able to get a version from Walmart. Um, I don't know if that store exists overseas, so I do apologize. Um, Walmart um, is does. It's Asda. called Asda here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, for Walmart, the Walmart store, they did a spe- they did a, a pre-order bonus. It was twenty nine dollars US, and you got the Blu-ray, the standard, the digital, but you also got three small models. One of the Enterprise, the original, the Enterprise from the beginning of Beyond. You got one of Thrall's ships, or not Thrall, but you know what I'm talking about. I've been playing too much World of Warcraft. Um, that dude's ship. And then yeah, you the also got the, ships. the pincer ships there. We'll go with that. And you also got the Franklin. They were like small. They almost looked like the models that were on certain cups at movie theaters. I don't know if anybody saw those, um, but they're smaller models. Yeah. You get all three of those with the pre-order from Walmart. Um, so there's, there's been that. I couldn't afford the one with the giant Franklin. I would have liked to, but at least I have a little small Franklin I can display. But that was yeah. less than 30 bucks. The one that I've got is the limited edition gift set, um, which is just exclusive to Amazon UK. Um, it's got Blu-ray, Blu-ray 3D, plus digital download. And it's also got the Franklin um, model as well. Um, doesn't say what size it is, but it looks to be just one of the small ones. Um, and that was forty nine ninety nine. Yeah, which isn't that bad. So, um, as I knew I'd be expecting a little bit of cash for November, I decided to splurge on myself. Um, but, yeah, one of the things that I've been hearing, especially for the US, is, of course, what extras you get on the DVDs and Blu-rays. And that um, so makes me think, hmm, what extras does this one come with? Because there's only supposedly one place that's doing it where you get like the commentary. Yeah. See, this is this is a, this is actually a symptom of a much larger problem, and this problem has existed for a while in the gaming community as well. And it is stores, like physical stores, trying to remain competitive in a digital medium market. It's actually gotten silly because if you you can use. Um, Let's say Call of Duty, for example. Let's use them. If you buy it at Walmart, well, you can get this custom map. Well, but if you buy it at Target, oh, you get this new zombies mode. Oh, if you buy it you, at GameStop, oh, you if get, you get this buy whole it, new set of weapons. Yeah, or if you buy it here, it gives you a woman. Like, you know, it just – and I'm sorry I use that term, but that's the best thing I could come up with short notice. Um Sorry, but it's, it's fine. Look, I mean, uh, look, it's, it's one of those things. You, playing a woman character has been one of those. Hey, push, you know, we'll push you to play this game because it's got a woman character. Yeah, but it's one of those things. It, it, it has been so prevalent now that you you want to buy a game. You have to pick which pre-order bonus you get because you're not going to get all of them unless you spend the money for about five or six copies of the same game to get all the pre-order bonuses. And honestly, I think that's ridiculous. Like, what was it? I, I do the Call of Duty Endowment Fund. So every year they do the, the dog tag for the charity because I love doing that. Well, this past year, it was a freaking coin. 
I'm like, I don't want a coin. But in order to get that dog tag to, to support that charity, the only way you could get it was by buying a copy of the game from Costco or Sam's Club, one of the big warehouse stores. And that was the only way to get the dog tag. And I'm like, so I have to go to a warehouse store just to get a dog tag. Are you kidding it's, me? It's, it's, it's sad, and it's ridiculous, and it is these physical store locations trying to remain competitive in a majorly digital media market. Yeah. Because at this point, you could, for all intents and purposes, buy a collector's edition of, of Beyond online, download it to your hard drive, have the movie, all of every DVD extra and all the Blu-ray features that only exist on these certain copies that are split up among stores on your computer without ever leaving your house. That's yeah. the problem. That's the problem. It's all these stores that want to stay competitive in a market where you can go online and order pizza. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. I currently own a cop, a digital copy of Star Trek Beyond. The moment it came out, I went ahead and I got it. I've got it on my phone, and I can cast that to my television if I want to. So, I mean, I've already got that. I just happen to want a physical copy because for some of the things that I really enjoy, I want a physical copy. Um, and, well, they gave me a little Starship model, so that made it even better. But it's, especially with, with movies or games, I mean, you normally get the betas 30 days early. A lot of video games now are doing it where if you buy the digital version, you can get it 30 days early. Well, why would I want to go to a store and then I can get one map for that game that's going to come out in a later DLC, which they always do. I've noticed that. They always do. And when I can just DLC wait. is downloadable content? Yeah. No, it's just, I know people in the past have sort of said all these acronyms, what the hell are they? Yeah, downloadable content. And it's just, like I said, Call of Duty is the perfect perfect example of that, because I'm big into zombies on Call of Duty. I love oh, Treyarch's story. I kind of wish he was here so you could kiss him. No, not, not, not like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it was one of those things that if you if you pre-ordered Black Ops 1, you got this one custom map, and it was like, the only way to get this map is if you pre-order it, and that's the only way whatsoever to get this map. Like, okay, well, I couldn't pre-order it. I got it late. The last DLC for the, for the game, it gives you the map that you had to get by only pre-ordering. So it's like, oh, well, if you just pay 15 bucks now, you can get the map that we put out. And yeah, you but can it's also have it. at the end of the life cycle of the game, too. Yeah, but it's, it's like, <laughs> oh, well, we can still get it. And for me, it didn't matter, because, what was it? The one that I did, it was four classic maps that you got if you pre-ordered them. So I'd already played them on another version. They were just updated with the newer guns. There wasn't any kind of trophies or accolades or anything like that. It was just, oh, nostalgia with new guns kind of thing. But with most of these things, they end up putting out that content anyway just later in the life cycle of the game, so you still get it, and you get all of it. So why should I go around trying to freak out which content I should get when I'll probably get it anyway? And yeah. for those of you wondering why we're talking about like video games, this is because this problem has existed for video games for years now. Mm -hmm. There was most famously the failure of pre-order culture, 
thankfully, was the uh, Augment Your Pre-Order Deus Ex promotion, in which they had a thing where, depending on the amount of people who pre-ordered the game, they could unlock, oh, I don't know, a choose-your-ship kind of contest, where you choose the kind of downloadable content, or... Um, pre-order exclusivity bonuses that you wanted, like an in-game skin, or this concept art. When mm -hmm. you get to the next tier, oh, you could get this soundtrack, or you can get this free piece of downloadable content that we will make in a future patch. And it's stupid, and it's ridiculous, and nobody, nobody should be buying into that because it feeds into all these little companies' thoughts that they can get away with doing that, and they will continue to do that. And I'm sorry, as much of a Trek fan as I am, I look at all these deluxe digital bonus editions and, and big outlandish stuff that comes with, with buying the new DVD, and I go... I'm not I'm not participating in that. I've I I've seen people screwed over one too many times in video games to even touch that with a 39 and a half foot pole like it's the Grinch. Yeah. Because that that is a nasty woman. But it's yeah, it's, I wish they would go back to just and this is wishful thinking for me, but go back to the way it was when you had Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis games. When you bought that game, yeah, what was it? When I bought Super Mario RPG, that game was $75. But I didn't have to worry about any downloadable content. The literal entire game was there. It was bug-free, and it was there. So I could enjoy oh, it day oh. one. And the best part is, there wasn't any downloadable content that was already pre-installed, but you had to unlock by paying extra a few months later. Like yeah. Destiny. But th that was my whole thing, was, you know, just give us the whole game. Because microtransactions at this point in the gaming community have gotten absolutely out of control. That's the whole premise for why... The, the handheld games like Star Trek Timelines, that's the whole reason why they even stick around. Is they know people are willing to oh well it's only ninety-nine cents. Well this is the term this is where the term whale comes from. Yeah. It's it's people who people who invest in that the, oh, it's only ninety-nine cents? Okay, I'll pay ninety-nine cents. Ah, oh, I'm out of the things. I'll pay ninety-nine cents and get a few more. And a few mm. more. And a few more. And a few more. I've spent so much money in this game. I have to spend more because I'm dedicated to this game. So when you know that's 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 the whole definition of a whale. Someone who has started off innocently enough and then kind of gambled their money into this game and now are solely addicted to it because they've invested that money in it and they feel that they have to get their entertainment value out of it. But to get their entertainment value out of it, they feel they have to spend more money. And it's a lot like a gambling addiction, and nobody's going, this is kind of a gambling addiction. Somebody has to stop it. Because it's technically not gambling. Even though the perceived truth is a whole hell of a lot different. Yeah. Did we expect this much discussion and possible ranting on this episode? Because I yes. think we did. Yes, rada, we rada, did. Rada. I didn't. I, I expected it to be in different places, but... Yeah. Okay. I was just I mean, making for least, sure. 
I mean, I expected to go back to the lockbox. I, you know, I expected to, to halt the whole process of us talking about the lockbox and go, you know, it's a really bad thing when you have to expect more transparency overseas than here in the United States about stuff we have coming out. Yeah. Especially once we get to our feedback. Thank you, Alex. Oh, yeah. Because I didn't even know about I didn't even know about that until I read it in your post. Well, when it comes to Beyond, it looks like the only way, if you like the commentaries, the only way you can get that is if you get it from iTunes. Yeah, I bought it from the Google Play Store, and I i mean, I, it might be attached to it, I don't know, at the very end. But it's its kind of the thing, and this goes out to anybody doing this, like, just put it all together. like, Because in the end, the person buying that content is not going to go out and try to find... You know, a way to get all the content. They're not gonna, they're not gonna probably make that argument. Well, I just can go out and spend, you know, four times the amount for four different copies just to get all the exclusive content. They're just gonna pick whichever one copy and one exclusive content they can go with, and then hope their friends get the other versions so they have other options. That's all that's gonna happen. This whole exclusive content to a certain store is kind of ridiculous. Cut it out, please. Okay. Mav from Stoked Radio is still looking for help. He's in the process of moving to Oregon. Yeah, it's Oregon. Yeah. So things got delayed um, for various reasons, including money and transportation. Um, Yesterday he released um, an update saying, well, it's finally complete and my co-pilot should be here next week for the road trip. Had to sell or store property, but that's what happens, I guess, when you lose your home and family. All donations from this point are for travel expenses like gas, food and overnight lodging. Any help would be appreciated as I've not worked in two weeks due to lack of hours and scheduling errors. Then in brackets puts work thought I had left already and filled the schedule. My bad. Please help if you can. Departure is scheduled for next week, Wednesday. Um, I honestly, honestly have to say, I, I haven't had a contact with Mav, so I haven't asked him. But the way the previous update read, it sounded like he said that he had divorced his spouse and they were splitting assets because she had to go... I mean, you know, at this point, he was taking care of of her and the rest of the family because she had her own medical issues. Yes. And now he is having his own medical issues. And the only way, the only way that they were being able to, 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 to keep any semblance was through these GoFundMes, which never got funded. And now they've had to divorce... So her and the kids can go live with somebody who can take care of her, and he is going to live elsewhere where he can at least try to cobble together some form of his former life, or, well, not not former life, but a former healthy self of himself, while also having to probably live with somebody who can take care of him, too. Yeah, he's moving in with a friend where there's a job for him, so it's somewhere where he can work, and it's very unfortunate. Yeah. Um. So unfortunately, I won't. I, I want to. I really, I really want to point it. I, I want to point this out. Star Trek, Star Trek Origins of Mav. 
aside, this is still the current state of the United States healthcare system, where getting sick for any length of time means you can lose your house, your family, and you have to leave where you live. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, I won't have any spare cash until after he goes to move, but hopefully um, I can help him out um, after that if things go as planned. But, um, but yeah, if you can help, please do. Um, okay. Community feedback. Oh, hell. This is going to be a fun ride. I'm just waiting for Sunseal to read off Alex. That's that's what I'm waiting on. I pre-read it this time, so I wasn't fumbling over words, but I'm still going to probably fumble over those. Also, a lot of the feedback was partly my own, too, so... Eh. <laughs> so, on, our, uh, uh, on the post for last week, on the forums, we asked... We asked, what do you think of the new Star Trek Online Tier 6 ships replacing the Tier 5 ones? And that was in regards to the lockboxes. Yes, that was the first thing that we had to clarify. And then, what are your thoughts on the letter from the Star Trek timelines um, to the community? So, so um, uh, Snoggy Mac actually replied, and he was, he was confused, and we, we probably should have clarified this. Uh, and I wound up replying and clarifying, uh, but he he responded, "Is this like in reference to the entire concept or specific ships? Specifically, I'm really looking forward to the Tier Six Sovereign. The Sovereign was the ship my characters have flown the most over the years, but I moved away from it for the Guardian on my main. Then Agents of Yesterday happened, and I switched over to a Toss character to fly Toss ships. But a Tier Six Sovereign will breathe new life into that character that I've switched from, so that will be fun. I also finally have an excuse to buy an Attack Wing ship, so I like the promotion a lot. In general, Tier Six is fun. The traits, uh, the traits are a new dimension to gameplay. The spec seating is another new dimension. It's a decent way to build the game out without relying on constant level cap raises and tier raises. So uh, I responded with, "Well, we're specifically talking about the replacement of the lockbox ships with their Tier Six counterparts." And uh, he, well, he replies back, "Oh, okay, that makes more sense. I'm a fan of the idea." And the Infinity Lockbox is kind of the perfect vehicle for such an idea. Granted, I'm not fully invested in the economy, so I'm not worried about the the impact the Infinity Lockbox is having on the exchange value system. So, there's that. Do I really need to read my own reply? You can summarize I, it. I, I feel like this is, this is a one specific portion that I probably should hand off to someone else because I feel like I'm kind of being biased it's like a it's like a judge reading their own decision before the court case has gone out Timberwolf, did you want to read sun seals because i was waiting for his reply <laughs> oh dang gum it makes make stowe do it <laughs> okay um sun seals reply to snoggy mac 22 is i've been after the one ship in the game the galore and now it's going to be super hard and be super expensive again. When I gave up chasing, it was over 500 mil on the market. The Keldon class may be a nice upgrade, but the Galar should be cheaper now, not more expensive. Same with the Jampadar ships. They should be cheaper. 
not more expensive now that they have tier 6 counterparts. Keeping the level 50 tier 5 variant prizes is a way to help entry level and endgame players with not a lot of cash for keys and who do spend their cheeks and seats time grinding out for a ship without multiple without spending multiple hundreds of millions of EC or millions of dilithium for one. When Cryptic sells when Cryptic sells a tier six ship in the store, they do sell it do they sell it for thirty dollars while jacking up the price of the tier five to forty fifty? No. Because it's still there. This is just another let's remove the thing argument with what I feel will be followed by an exclusivity excuse later. I mean that's 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 how I feel about it. I, I kind of agree with that too because you're still going to have ships and skins. That's the big thing. Skins for starships that now people can't access. Because you got the Keldon well, well, class. Well, no, the Keldon is great. Apparently the Keldons is supposed to come with the galore ships. But yes, oh. there is something being taken, taken away from the market. Yeah. Unless people I mean, are... Yeah, the Admiralty card no longer exists. I mean, like, hmm. I, if we follow what they're starting with then there's likely going to be a Tall Shiar box coming. Whether there's going to be Tier 6 Tall Shiar ships, it's bound to happen. It's going to first happen on console, then it's going to be, you know, it's going to be on PC. Well, if you give the Tier 6s a new look, and then you take away the Tier 5s, well, yeah, the Tier 5s aren't you know as shiny new, but they can still do a lot. Well, a brand new player comes in, well, how do I get that Tier 5 ship? Oh, well, you can't. It was only available for the first seven years of the game. I'm a level Sorry that 40. You... How do I get that ship that I can fly? Oh, you can't. You have to wait till you're level 50 to get the 6 version. Yeah. It was available for the first seven years, so if you weren't here for that, that's tough. And it's kind of the same argument with all the event ships. A lot of new players are coming in, and they've never had a chance to go for them. And that's, you know, starship sets they can't complete and all that. It's why I'm, I'm hopeful for them to start doing things where you can get, you know, like the anniversary Eve, if I remember the name correctly, Sunseal said. I'm hopeful Ancestors they'll, they'll, Eve. Ancestors Eve. I'm hopeful they'll do that. I really am. Because there needs to be an option for the older ships that I get they're trying to retire for better options. I get that. They want to give players better options. But some players just want the older ship. Sometimes they do. Sometimes, sometimes they want the challenge. Well, and sometimes that... You know, that older ship is something that lower levels can actually use instead of it being, like, all the way in-game. That's why I said this is low-level in-game. This is, you know, this is Admiral Lower Half. This is level 40 entry stuff that is being removed from the game. No, granted, it was behind a type of paywall with the lockboxes and all that, but if they would have stayed in the boxes... I mean, I've seen the prices of the T5 ships that were that level right now. The temporal well, the temporal science class, the Wells class that we talked about earlier. The Wells class is one of those starships. The last I looked, people are selling that starship for 60 million EC. That used to be a 500 million EC minimum starship on the exchange. Minimum. You didn't see them hardly. Now it's going for 60 million. That's 10 times more affordable than what it used to be. 
you let you leave the Cardassian Galore class and the T5 Dominion Dreadnought. You leave those in the boxes. The prices are going to come down so much because they drop so often from those boxes. More people can have those lower-end ships. Oh, you want the Keldon? Well, that drops a little bit rarer, so it's going to be a little bit harder to get. But at least you have this option. At least you have this option. It drops more often in the box. Not by much, because I get their drop rates. But at least it's a little bit more easily accessible. And it's definitely cheaper. It's definitely cheaper. It's easier to get. And that's why I didn't see the reason of removing the Galore class, because they drop in two separate boxes. And one's going to be definably cheaper, because A, the people that have been in the game this whole time, they've probably already got one with the exchange market prices crashing. So there's going to be less need for it, so the price will drop. Plus, there's more supply in the market. So leave it in there. Let people get that. That way they have a cheaper option, not just for the Starship, but those special spiral wave disruptors. One of only two weapons that's in the Dilithium store. And the only way you can get them is by having a Keldon or a Galore class. Well, instead of having an easy way to access them now, it's either an expensive T6 version or an even more expensive Tier 5 that, in the long run, is going to only appear in the trade channels for God knows how much money. I just I think there are more options for them to have these lower-end ships and still have the T5s in the game. I get they want everybody to have a shiny T6, but a lot of times those, these free players that are just scraping by with what they can get free, they typically only go for event starships until they finally saved up enough EC to maybe buy something off the exchange once, and then that's it. With the Infinity Lot Box, everything's dropped in price so much, it's a lot easier for them to gear up. Let's keep some of those cheaper options in the game. Then everybody wins. Uh, now, now, now correct, me, correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't the, um, aren't the Mirror Universe ships still dropping out of the Infinity Lot Box as well? Yeah, and those were a lower... Those are technically a lower level than the Galore class. They're a so, tier under because they had one less console. They had a little bit less hull and everything. They were they were so, maybe on par with the free starship you get when you hit level 40. So, so they were even doesn't lower. Doesn't that mean that those are actually pay dirt cheap? Like I could run a couple of missions and then go buy one now? They've gotten to the point now they're still a little expensive because people are buying them for the Admiralty system. So their right. prices have stayed a little decent, but they're still only about $3 million. Well, the, Three to the, Federation, the Federation specific ones should probably yeah. be dirt, dirt cheap because but, the, you know, the other races ones were always more expensive. Yeah, but you can get one for a couple of million, just like you can get the Nahydran warship or the, the Tholian Meshweaver, the T5 options. Those normally don't hit that well, but those Mirror Universe ships were a tier below. They were That's more or less equal. Four. Yeah, they were, they were more or less equal to what you got for free. They were just a different, slightly different setup and a random drop out of a box. But they're the ones that you can't even upgrade to T5U. So they're stuck at what they consider T5. They're stuck at that low T5 level, and they're still, they're still offered. There's no upgrade for them in sight that anybody has heard of. So they're stuck at that low T5 level of quote-unquote undesirable, but they're still in the game. But you take out a T5 from the box that has a weapon that the only way to get that weapon is to buy that starship and now because of its new t6 version should be like i agree should be dropping in price drastically you should be seeing that 
that galore class now for 60 million or less EC because of its drop rate. It should be gangbusters cheap. But if this is the trend that we're going to see, you might as well start buying up those cheap T5 high-end starships now because in the long run, they're going to disappear. And that market's going to dry up faster than anything. So uh, what happens when they introduce the, the Tier 6 uh, Vomp dildo ship? Yeah, that's that's the thing. <laughs> all of a sudden, all, all of a sudden the, the Bulwark is a Tier 6 now. The Tier 5 is useless because you want that Tier 6 with this, these two new specializations and this trait that kills everything with one push of the button. Well, in the T, like nobody was going to want the T5. People are going to be struggling to sell those T, those T5s that have been selling for what 1.5 billion EC in private trade channels. That's not nobody's going to want that one. They're going to want the new one, which is kind of the way it should be. But if they do that, are they going to take away the T5 altogether? Like just oh well, we'll just upgrade your T5 to T6 because you really don't want that tier five. I just there there is options with it. Obviously, with this Infinity Lockbox mechanic, they've thought it out enough where this is the mechanic from here on out. So they have it in, the in their coding system that they can keep adding in to the boxes. In that Tier 5 box, it can stay the same size. That Tier 6 box can be coded to have more and more in it as time goes on. So if they've got the code built in to keep adding in more consoles, more Starship traits, more ground traits... All of that, it's not going to hurt to leave in something that's old, especially when the price is going to drop and allow more of your average player that really doesn't spend that much money on this game to actually afford a high-end starship that would be good at in-game or afford high-end traits. And it sells more boxes. Yeah. Because you people opened a box and they, they weren't have, after the Tier 5 booby prize. They were after the Tier 6 thing. Yeah, but they have an option. Even if they get the Tier 5, it's still a good starship. And to me, if like I said, if this is the sign of things to come, then what it's end up going to happen is they're going to phase out that tier five box in the long run. They're going to phase it out so you only have the tier six box. You'll have the secondary box that has like the Hydrant and the Mirror Universe ships, you know, all all those ships. But it'll only be that one, and then the tier six, and you won't have that high end tier five box anymore. They'll just phase it out, and I. I, I don't agree with that. You've got to have that mid-step option. You've got to give players that option that, hey, this Narcene Aquatic Dreadnought, it's T5U, but it's still great. Use it. A lot of people are still using it now. Still use it. Leave the options. You have it in the coding system. So, yeah, that was, that was us imparting our opinion midway through the forum feedback. Sorry. It's okay. Look, it's nice it's to hear okay. a rant from These you. These things happen. I, d I don't rant often, sorry. It's nice to hear one from you. I'm, I'm glad I'm not the only one screaming at the top of my lungs going, Why? Why <laughs> are you taking stuff away? It's not like anybody tried to kill themselves with it. This is true. Well, that so, was the one time with Stow Dog and the Nahaya. Hey! I mean, there was that one There's time. There's an NDA for that. Oh, gotcha. Right. So Chozo Elder Second responded, Well, for your first question, I don't see any issue. I'm looking at both ship stats right now as I'm typing this. So how is the Keldon a redesign? It's just a straight upgrade. The Galore wasn't changed when comparing it to the Keldon. And uh, he listed some stats. Uh, and 
yeah, it does seem like a straight-up upgrade, which is different from what I was told before we went on air last week. So, I wasn't able to look at the stats. So I apologize for making that false claim. That is my bad. The main differences are that the Lieutenant Universal slot has been bumped up to a Lieutenant Commander Universal Intel, and that the Lieutenant Engineering has been given an Intel Hybrid Specialization. In case anyone forgot, a hybrid seating does not force you to use Intel, Command, Pilot, or BOF skills if you don't want. It's just there to give you more options. Both ships still keep the same number of free spiral wave disruptors with the same weapon mods, four of them, on a, on a, very, on a very rare weapon. Again, this, this, is, this is the only weapon that has existed in the game, so far as I know, that has had four stats on it as a very rare instead of being fleet quality ultra rare. Yeah, as far as I've seen, it's the... Uh... Because it has five mods at Ultra Rare, and then technically it gets a sixth. It's the only one that I've ever seen out of anything that has that level of mods. Both ships also have the same Starship Mastery Package. So both get absorptive hull plating, rapid repairs, enhanced hull plating, and armored hull. Since you can still use the Galore skin on the Keldon, you're losing nothing major when you make the transition from Tier 5 to Tier 6. Well, uh, again... Does this tier six come with the Keldon first, or with the with the galore skin on it, or do you have to have owned the galore to get the galore skin on the Keldon? Because that's a huge difference. That's a, that's a, that's a wide gap in 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 availability. You're honestly only gaining. So unless someone just prefers a definitively outclassed ship, oh I don't know. Let's talk to Alex about all those people who want to fly the Excelsior. Yeah. There's no reason to be upset about replacing the Tier 5 ships. I'm not quite sure why someone would bother buying a discontinued Galore for hypothetical hundreds of millions of VC when the Keldon class is the exact same, only better. The Admiralty card is the only thing that you'd be missing out on, but I'm not losing any sleep over it. If someone is losing sleep, then I'm sorry about your OCD. Everything I said applies to the Jem'Hadar ships as well. They are straight upgrades. The consoles that they come with are the same, except that the enhanced Tier 6 consoles come with passives. As for what I actually think about all this, it's great. New cosmetic skins, more options from the specialization hybrid seating, and more Starship traits to play with. Ultimately, I enjoy these older ships receiving the same treatment and being more flexible. For those feeling bitter about the about already acquiring the Tier 5 versions and then feeling as if they have to reacquire the new Tier 6 ones all over again, don't fall for it. Tier 5U is still very viable for in-game content. And then Chozo Elder replied to Snoggy Mac, That attack wing, that attack wing promo easily got me giddy. <laughs> oh, and that was after he posted the um that was after he posted the gif from what is that movie? I don't know. It's some Will Ferrell movie with brothers in it. And it's like, did we just become best friends? And the other guy goes, yep. And then he responds to me. Uh, the Kelvin class may be a nice upgrade, but the, uh, you know, me saying that the galore should be cheaper. Think of it this way, son. If the Kelvin doesn't drop to about 160 to 190 million, or perhaps even less in two or three weeks, then it will by the time... Uh, we get to the next Infinity Lockbox rerun. That's the beauty of the Infinity Lockbox. Letting players choose their reward changes everything. You can still have your Keldon with the Galore skin if you're patient and have the EC. 
Yeah, but see, here's the thing. That Keldon class comes with a uh, spiral wave disruptor lance. So I think it's probably going to stay somewhere in the 300 million mark, considering it does what the Galaxy class can do, and the the uh, Hakona class, and the... Uh, what the the god what is it the garumba because this is now a ship that can do what those three ships do with a with a flavored lance weapon so i don't know i don't think it's going to be cheap in any form or fashion specifically because it can do that and then we get to alex hi alex oh hello there another week another wall of feedback oh tell me about it <laughs> community questions that is an interesting question I'd say as long as the tier, tier 6 ships are strictly better gain something but doesn't lose anything I can understand it and don't mind it too much well under one condition when if cryptic implements a way to obtain ships that were supposed to be exclusive like event ships these retired lockbox and low buy ships should be made available too Maybe they make them harder to acquire compared to event ships. Maybe take away the ability to upgrade them to Tier 5U for free. Maybe make the event ships account-wide and keep the lockbox low-buy ships as character unlocks. But just because of their usefulness for the Admiralty system, I think they should not just disappear. Two. Nope, not playing timelines, but let me just say something. What does their new game have to do with anything? I mean... Cross-promoting another game you're developing is all fine and dandy, but why? Why would you do that in a state-of-the-game kind of blog? I mean, the guy literally says that their new game won't have a negative effect on timelines. Case closed. No need to write a whole paragraph about it. Much less an entire letter about the state of the game. I, 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 I tend to agree, Alex. <laughs> you know, you don't even have to write a paragraph about that, much less a state of the game. It's like writing a state of the game address about Snow and spending half of it talking about Oh, I don't know. Neverwinter? Yeah. Feedback. Communication, community, and you 101. See, in episode 237, Midnight claimed that the whole communication thing, engineering reports, Ask Cryptic, and so on, stopped because it's only caused hatred and backlash and misunderstandings and trolling. That's a nice theory, but it shows that you're not following other games and other MMOs. I apologize it sounds conceited, because that was not my intention. Why? Because pretty much every game forum ever is a cesspool. And guess what? Everybody else keeps trying. So communication must be beneficial in some way. Shape or form. You say that people don't understand soon. A few weeks ago, I linked a semi-humorous post made by Sapiens, a former community manager for Lord of the Rings Online, that, quote-unquote, explained the meaning of the variations of the word soon. And the post was made years ago. If people want to misunderstand soon, they'll misunderstand soon. And there's nothing you can do about it. Another interesting insight into the community management thing. Use your favorite search engine and look for Tesseric. He was the community manager for World of Warcraft. And one day he made two or three forum posts pretty much dropping the act and saying how community management wasn't about quote-unquote winning, but about how long you could stand the constant trolling. 
I probably don't need to mention that he was replaced soon after. And this happened years ago. When you ask the listeners to come up with suggestions for how to improve communication without causing hate, backlash, and taking up any dev time, you're pretty much asking for the Holy Grail. I don't have, I don't have that Holy Grail. I'm, I doubt I will ever find it. Since I, since not even juggernauts like Activision, Blizzard, and EA can seem to find it. But I can assure you, I would never just hand it over to Perfect World. I'd try to sell it to Blizzard. That's a really smart move because they have a lot of money. Like, really a lot of money. Now that we got that out of the way, why don't why did the engineering reports and the Ask Cryptic thing stop? Well, my theory is because Dan Stahl and Brandflakes left. Some dev, whether it's a lead designer or the executive producer slash game director, has to spend time either talking to the community team or writing the blog himself or herself to get a state of the game blog out there. Dan Stahl seemed to enjoy doing that. Steven D'Angelo apparently did enjoy it as much, and let's not forget that he was doing double duty as both cryptics. Okay, Midnight, here's your chance to do the whole uh, abbreviation thing. CTO. Chief Technology Officer. And Stowe's EP. Um, executive Producer. At the same time. The D'Angelo was playing double duty behind the scenes of cryptic, essentially. And the community team needs to have the time to read through the forums, collect useful feedback, pass it on to the devs, wait for their answers, take those answers and put them into a forum post. And having a dev tracker is really useful for that kind of communication. So when you decide to use a forum that does not support a dev tracker feature, you are actually making a statement about the value of communication, whether you want to or not. As I said it before, no matter what you thought about Brandon, he made the job look easy. When he left, Trendy and Smirk were hired. Smirk tried to keep communication and live streams going, but as I mentioned, his operations report died rather quickly, and both of them seemed to be overworked right from the start. And then Perfect World decided that they didn't even need Smirk anymore. Since then, Trendy's been even more overworked and underappreciated. We love you, Trendy! <laughs> We wish you were still here. Get well soon, too, because we heard you were sick. Indeed. And let's not forget one of your past interviews. Someone mentioned that Maria is scheduling the dev interviews now. I cannot imagine any company ever letting a dev handle that kind of task. Kudos to her for stepping up. But what in blazes is Perfect World doing? And it's not that the only, and that's not the only issue with them. Remember the legacy of Romulus announcement? Of course you do. You brought it up during this episode. That might not have been the most original announcement teaser, but it was well executed. So, whether Brandon did it all by himself or not, it was well done. And let's be fair. Coming up with an entirely new way to do this kind of thing is basically impossible. Now, let's look at the Delta, Delta Rising announcement. See, would... Blizzard announces a new expansion, they're pretty tight-lipped about it. People dig for new trademarks, but for the most part, everything is a surprise. Before Delta Rising, we had cryptic devs showing up for interviews and pretty much saying, Next stop, Delta Quadrant. You know, Lord of the Rings Online can get away with that because if you know the books and or the movies, you pretty much know where the story is going. 
Sure, Turbine can do some backtracking here or there, but for the most part, it's rather obvious what's coming up. In my opinion, the biggest surprise about Delta Rising was that it was released, what, 10 to 12 weeks after the announcement? But that was not the worst part, because other companies put together a new website for their upcoming expansions and flipped the switch when the announcement happens. Or at, least or at least the following workday. And usually, those websites go down almost immediately because they can't handle the traffic. How long did it take Perfect World to come up with an official announcement of some kind? A week? Facepalm. Other issues with Perfect World. Well, remember how Steven Ricosa was supposed to make an exclusive announcement at FedCon, and then someone at Perfect World published a blog about that announcement 15 to 20 hours early? Or remember the Conquest blog? The one that Satas, or whatever his name is, and Kumarki that you talked about during the show, that, that blog went up in Europe, in German and French translations, 2.5 weeks early. I did not know about that. And that's really, really sad about the state of marketing at Perfect World. And I agree, like, wholeheartedly. Oh, and remember how I said both Smirk and Trinity always seem to be overworked? So Trinity got promoted, and Stowe launched on consoles, supposedly bringing in a bunch of new people, which, in theory, increases the workload for any community manager, and now they seem to be trying to find a new community manager for Stowe. You know, it would have, been, it would have made more sense to hire and train a new community manager before launching the consoles, so that they could dig in. No? That would have been too logical? I, I have no clue who at Perfect World is responsible for this, but ever since Brandon left, it seems like the person in charge has no clue how this commu this talky stuff works, or they simply don't care. I can't disagree. I can't disagree, Alex. Same. Same. I would love to see <laughs> anything. So we had some uh, feedback from Facebook on... Um, on on one of on one of the various groups, yeah, it was what was originally called Star Trek Online Fans, but then got renamed to Star Trek Fans of Kelvin Timeline and Star Trek Online. Are we ready for this? I don't know. Got him. Okay, so let's get the easy one out of the way. Fred Ortiz responded. Thank you, Fred, for being a a a just. Just always listening and always giving us feedback here and there, and we're sorry we don't always see your stuff because we just we just we we don't see it in time sometimes. Question one: Since I haven't changed ships on my main tune since the Intrepid pet came out of the Delta Alliance expansion, I really have no opinion. What would be great is if the initial price point came down, but they gotta make money somehow. On the Tribbles question or on the timelines question, I haven't messed around with Star Trek timelines, so it doesn't really affect me. <sighs> Tim Borg responded, Wow, I will never respect S-O-N again after what she said at the beginning of this podcast. Okay. For starters, my name is plastered on every post, so there's no excuse for you to spell my name S-O-N. It's S-U-N. Second, I don't care if you don't respect me. The issue was not about having my respect from anybody. 
the issue was you shouldn't use the name Trek in any sort of visual appearance to promote a political agenda because it looks wrong. I never said during my rant that I supported Trump or supported Hillary because I support neither because they're both really rotten apples. So I don't know where your hate comes from. And if this is the reason why you deleted us from your group and removed the post from your group, <laughs> well, okay, we'll move on because we don't have time for bullshit drama. Although I also, do want to add that um, when I did ask the question about why it was deleted, that um, I did explain that it was not the case that you were pro-Trump or anything else like that, because that was the issue that he had. So I explained no, and as was actually stated when you talked about it, um, that was not the case to begin with. Um, so he then reshared the link again, but of course by that time it was too late because... Um, it had actually meant at that point that Fred Ortiz's original comments had actually been deleted. Now, I had actually made a copy of that into our show notes, um, but Fred was also good enough to repost it in the Stowe fans group um, later on. So um, just to make sure that um, his feedback had actually got to us, which was very nice of you, Fred. So thank you. For thank that. you very much, Fred. But yeah, no, I, I look, I have zero I have zero time for people who want to start shit because they don't like what I have to say because they hear something different than what I actually said. I never said I supported Trump. I said Trump a uh, trek against Trump is wrong. I didn't say that they were wrong because Trump is right. I said that the idea of getting behind trek and using it to push a political agenda is wrong but <sighs> again we don't have time for drama at least the drama that we don't start right <laughs> you mean we never start any drama oh really yeah, I, sure i thought we were listed under the section audio dramas hashtag no drama hashtag not my car wreck <laughs> those are ways of life for me right now so isn't our um, logo picture like a flaming tribble flying? Well, that's not drama. That thing needed to die. Did you not see what it did in the rec room? Well, well it's, it's, not... um, it's flying away from the Kabali city where the... It's not a the flaming chick, tribble. Yeah, it's not a flaming taking a tribble. selfie with her tricorder. And... Okay, then maybe it does need to be flaming. <laughs> so, uh, Lee Johnstone from the... DS9 fans group on Facebook replied, the biggest podcast in U.S. history was the Day of the Doctor. Did we ask what the biggest podcast was? I don't, I don't know what this feedback has to do with us. Yeah, I didn't get that one either. That was Yeah, we... I wasn't sure if I'd missed something. Um, but, Lee, if you're listening and you want to expand on that, please do. Please feel free to drop us an email and let us know your opinions. Or you can use a SpeakPipe widget, and you can leave us a voicemail. I mean, you hear our lovely voices every week. We should at least be able to hear yours. 
all of yours, and including you, Fred. Even, even you, Tim. I mean, come on. I mean, you guys obviously have Trek opinions. We want to hear them, not just read them out. But you can also post them uh, on any of the forums as well. And we'll read them. Uh. <laughs> you hear that, Alex? Next, next week you are allowed to post a rant, but you also have to give us a voicemail. A voice rant. <laughs> it, well, it doesn't even have to be a voice rant. He can leave the rant solely on the forums and do the community questions through the voicemail. Thanks again for everyone who gave your feedback. Now, just like last week, work has been super busy. So apologies again for those who won on the feedback giveaway. Um, I am off. I am looking after my son for the school holidays next week. So um, though I am seeing family, it is my hope that I will actually be able to get in contact with the winners um to actually sort out your prizes so um so yeah once again apologies for the delay it wasn't by no means intentional um though it has been several weeks now um so yeah as i said apologies okay well community questions for this week's show what do you think about the sphere builders lockbox announcement um, hopefully we will get the English version soon. Um, TM. <laughs> yeah. Um, question two. Are you looking forward to the artifacts release? And what are you most looking forward to? And question three. Did you get an expanded edition of Star Trek Beyond? And which added extra are you actually getting? So let us know on any or all of those points or if you want to comment about anything that we mentioned or just talk about anything that you've got on your mind regarding Star Trek at all and we will of course read it out on the show if you have problems getting us to download or you can't listen to us live we're in syndication on trekradio.net and we're also on subspace-radio.net every Wednesday. We mentioned that you can contact us. Of course, there is the widget on the official post on holosuitemedia.com or you can go to speakpipe.com forward slash triples in XTC. And you can also catch us on Twitter, Facebook, Google+, Star Trek Riser and Player.me by searching for Tribbles in XTC. If you would like to download us and you'd like to do it through iTunes, you can. And same with Google Play for those of you in North America. And if you'd like to give us a rating and even some feedback on there, um, we welcome that as well. And you can also send us an email at hosts at tribblesinxtc.com. Okay. Well, I guess that's it for this week. Thank you all for joining us. I hope that the DDoS attacks around the world hasn't kept you offline for too long. And hopefully we'll catch you all online next weekend. So, until then, goodbye everyone. You really don't want to see me angry. Cheerio.
Sorry I ranted. See you guys. <laughs>